You found yourself on another episode of Locked On Bulls. On today's episode, we're going to preview tonight's game against the Philadelphia 76ers, which Joel Embiid may be out and be able to hold on to his streak of completely murdering the Chicago Bulls. We'll get into all that, plus some more, right after this. You are Locked On Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to Locked On Bulls. Remember the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Pat, the designer, host and creator of the Windy City Breeze. I'm Hayes, host and creator of Chicago Bulls Central. Pat, the Bulls may have just avoided the biggest obstacle in them getting a win over the Philadelphia 76ers. Joel Embiid will be out, and I'll tell you what. Vooch better cook. He has no excuse. Vooch better cook tonight. That's all I can say. What do you what do you think now? Has that changed? How much has that changed your expectation of this game with uh uh Joel and B being out? I I'm gonna be honest with you, right? It it changes it a lot, but also not enough because right now it's just it's always the time where Fork and Cork Maz gets cracking versus us, right? Or like whoever's like the nobody Maxie goes for 50. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm always worried about. But I honestly, right, I think this would be a better test to see uh if the Bulls are gonna continue to take advantage of things. Listen, Joel Embiid's out. That means your advantage right now is probably down low. Their backup big is why can't I? I can't even think of a backup big for that team. I'm gonna be honest with you, like that that can compete with Vooch. I mean, they of course they got PJ Tucker. Who, who is got their PJ backup Tucker. center? Probably PJ Tucker, but he's also in the starting lineup. So, uh, you know, I think I think there's Paul a Reed bit. is listed as their backup center. Oh, that's right, Paul Reed, the young the young fella. I I, I mess with Paul Reed. I, well, I like it's the game funny because he's listed as the backup center, but technically he's a small forward. I think Paul Reed got a little height to him, though. No? Oh, Nang, too. I'm sure he's going to play. A little oh, bit. my God. Of course, how can we forget about Yang? You know, yeah. always, like, destroys us uh, on a random tip. Um, no, but I, I think that, right, when you when you look at this Philly game coming in, it's going to be a real uh, uh, viewpoint of, okay, what's the Chicago Bulls game plan? Uh, we, we The second segment is going to be a lot of fun for a lot of Bulls fans, but are we going to continue to go to our young guys and Patrick Williams and an Io DeSumo where – you know you're gonna you're gonna include them in the game and go with honestly right a better a, a deeper team a, a a team that's you've got more guys getting up shots more guys attacking more guys looking to get downhill uh i think the biggest thing is um the biggest obstacle for the bulls going into this game is going to be uh how are you going to be able to contain tyrese maxi because um I, I, I don't know that not for nothing io does not hold him well <laughs> no, he does not. That's a, that's a, that's one of those matches that has not gone uh, Io's way anytime he's played against Maxi. Yeah, Maxi Maxi usually ends up blowing past Io pretty consistently. So I think that um, that's that's one where you really got to focus in. And I don't know if the Bulls end up getting a win just because Bulls, right? Like at this point, it's almost impossible for us to predict this team. But I do think that the Bulls can. If they go out and they do very similar to what they did against Brooklyn, 
I think that they can get a convincing win in, in that situation, right? I, I think Philly, Philly's in a state of flux, dog. Like, Joel Embiid is the team at this point. It's a weird team when you see it. They they brought P.J. Tucker there basically to just be – at this point, he's just getting paid to be the Giannis stopper, but, like, doesn't do much outside of the Giannis game. So, mm. <laughs> I, I just – I feel like this could be a convincing win for the Bulls, a, a win that makes Bulls fans feel a lot better, even though Embiid's not there. But at the end of the day, right, like there's always we we said in the last uh, in the post game show for Brooklyn, there's always that caveat with this team. We may beat them, but no Joel Embiid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, says the Bulls at this point they need to just regardless of who's in front of them, they need to focus on improving their level of play. Which the second topic is going to be. A fun topic for us to talk about. Hey, we've said that twice on here. That's how yeah, fun. This that's, is. that's how that's how excited <laughs> we are about it. Um, but it, th- this is what I'll say with this: is that the, I want to see the Bulls come in and execute as if Joel Embiid was in the game. Meaning, yeah, I want to see them come for Philly's neck, um, and that's what they need to do. And I don't want to see this team let up on anyone. They don't have the right to let up on anyone at this point. Um, and I hope that they don't overlook it now, seeing that Embiid's not going to be there and think that they're gonna it's gonna be a cakewalk because James Harden's still on that team. And as much as James Harden James Harden can be up and down, he can yeah. still drop 50 on you at any given point in time. So uh, you know, that that's that's some things the Bulls need to look out for. Maxie, as we've already said, Maxie uh has has really cooked the flat out just cooked Io in their matchup so far. Um and you know, DeAnthony Melton isn't nothing to shake your head at either. And he can give uh uh Zach Levine some some issues on the other side of the ball. So even though he's only six two, I hope Zach uh elevates and just shoots over his head every yeah. single time down the court. But you know, uh this could be a nice tune-up game for the Bulls and still a game in which it's not gonna be easy at all by any stretch of the imagination. No, and and the Bulls didn't here's the thing. Even in the last game that the Bulls played, again, versus one of these better teams in the Eastern Conference, the Bulls have matched up really well against these teams. They've come out strong. In their in their last game matchup, where they, this was a team at full slate, the Bulls didn't play bad. In fact, Joel Embiid really didn't get going until the end of that game, right? And of course he mm-hmm. ends up hitting a game winner over the Bulls, knocking down the the big three pointer that that kind of puts them away. And I think they fouled him after that to uh put him at the line for a couple. But the Bulls did a good job kind of eliminating the options on that team. Um, James Harden was 15 and 11, but he had a horrible shooting percentage, two for 13. Tobias Harris, okay, night. We we know that he's a guy that can go off, but he was only four for six for 13 points. Now you're going to see these guys kind of get to open up because Joel Embiid's not there and move the ball a little bit more. But from what I've seen from this Philly team, that that recipe is something that's so foreign to them so often. Like Joel Embiid literally just is the backbone of this team that mm-hmm. when they have to go to different options, they do struggle because they haven't been put in these positions. Now, Tyrese Maxey, not so much. Uh, he's he's just Tyrese Maxey. I'm not going to lie to you, dog. Didn't we have a chance to draft him? Didn't he? Didn't didn't we take somebody ahead of him? I'd have to go and research. I don't remember. I feel like I feel like we took somebody ahead of him. He's a so he came out in 2020. He was picked 21st. So we, we absolutely took somebody ahead of him. Yeah, that would be uh, if I'm not mistaken. Is that Pat Will? That's Pat. That Will. would have been Patrick Williams. I'll say this: I think I'd still rather have Patrick Williams. 
I, I can't say that. <laughs> I think I'd rather have Patrick. I, I, I like I like. Hey, listen, if he plays, if he keeps playing like he does last or last night, I'm on. I'm on the prove me wrong tour. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I, that's that's the rest of the season for me. Prove me wrong, y'all. Uh, I, I want Pat Will to prove me wrong, but I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I would rather have Tyrese Maxey, especially seeing as how he continues to cook the point guard that we have standing out there. <laughs> well, I, so I just looked this up, and this this surprised me. So, how many points per game do you think Tyrese Maxey averages on Io DeSumo? Um, I would say probably 18, 18 points a game. 14.3 points per game, six assists, and two rebounds. How many games? Apparently, Tyrese Maxey has never scored over 20 points against the Chicago Bulls, which I can, I don't, I, I, bro. But that's four Didn't games. Did Maxi go off for like thirty against us? Am I misremembering? I could have sworn. I Let swear, me, I me. thought he had a thirty-point game. Hold on, real quick. We could be wrong on this. Uh, hey, listen. As you see, we're we're focusing on on this guy. I think this is the guy you got to watch the most. I, so I, Tyrese Maxi in his he's played eight career games against the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. He only averages ten point one points per game against us. What did we see? Bro, did, just, we, did, did we have trauma? Did we have maybe PTSD? He just, maybe he was just murking us at the right time in the game, and we were just like, he went off for 30. <laughs> That's crazy, bro. Like, I, I absolutely thought he had a 30-point game against the Bulls. The most he's ever scored against us was 17. That must have been an impactful 17. It must have crushed us. Um, I wouldn't have expected that. Okay, all right. Well, hey, I, I still think that that's the player that you do have to focus in on no matter what, right? Like, no matter what he scored in the past, he's having a really good season. Now, he kind of being the focal point of James Harden's passing, uh, I think that he's somebody that you really need to try and lock down. Uh, I, I would even, if you could, I know the speed isn't there, but the length could cause a lot of issues. I might even not put Io on. Um... Tyrese Maxey, I might go P. Will on Tyrese Maxey and then go I.O. Uh, either on James Harden or Zach on James Harden and I.O. on Tobias Harris, something like that, some combination of that where, yeah, it switches it up. It puts I.O. in a little bit of a tougher position, but I think I.O.'s that good of a defender that he can kind of play the body up on that. Well, also, Maxey hasn't been starting lately, so I kind of like the Kobe Maxi matchup. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not a fan of the Kobe Maxi matchup. I'm, I kind of like the. Keep in mind, Tyrese Maxi's only six two. He has Kobe's wingspan, but it's proportionate to his body because so, he's, he's shorter than Kobe White. So you know, <laughs> that's messed up. <laughs> no, but I mean, Maxi's cooking the season, averaging only over twenty points per game. I was gonna um, say, so what? They just running him as the sixth. Yeah, he's averaging I mean, he's, he's only game. played 18 games this season. He's only that's not true. started the last that is two. True. That is so true. I guess maybe they're just ramping him back up from injury. Maybe that is true. I was going to say, like, I, I was going to say, I know he was in the starting lineup when he, we played against him, and he was in the starting lineup when they played to, Toronto last? Was it three games ago, four games ago, something like that? I think they played Toronto. Um but yeah, man, I I just I'd still even ramping up. First off, anybody that's ramping up versus Chicago Bulls, y'all know that's who usually who gets cooking. So I'd keep an eye on him most of all. Definitely, definitely. Well, a player that we all are gonna have our eyes on is Patrick Williams. We're gonna talk about an interesting quote from Demar Derozan when it comes to Patrick Williams coming up next. But before we do that, I gotta talk to you guys about LinkedIn. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates 
more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond the they go beyond the resume data by using insights from your job posts, company, and the 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. All right, Pat. So coming off, I would say well, one, of, one of Patrick Williams probably, if we're not saying one of the better games of his career definitely was probably his best game this season for sure probably doesn't he have a 25 point game uh, I'll, I'll look i'll look maybe, i'll look go ahead with quote. maybe I, I feel like he had a nice uh, maybe not actually we collectively trip sometimes we uh we uh we uh one of us gotta uh hold the other one accountable but coming off that game and then i'm gonna read this direct quote from demar DeRozan. and he says if he doesn't shoot it, he's going to get cussed the F out. That's from DeMar DeRozan on Patrick Williams and his need to be more aggressive. Do you think the game that we saw in the last game with Patrick Williams, could that be a stepping stone? Not only, And I, I want to say this, as much as we talk about it needing to be Patrick Williams being aggressive, that is a part of it. But do you think that is a stepping stone also for maybe the coaching staff to realize, all right, let's get a couple of more actions built into this uh, into this game plan for P. Will specifically. You know what? Um, I, I I do agree with it. I I think that it's. I think that with what P. Will can bring to the table, I love that Demar's putting a battery in his back. Um, I love that the Bulls seem to be putting a battery in his back because there did seem like a okay, let him shoot, let him go, let him attack, let him get downhill, right? Like I, I mean, we think about it. Essentially, what he, what would he have taken, right? So of course, it only counts the shots that you make. So he was six for eight. He mm-hmm. got to the free throw line four seven times. times. Well, oh, seven. I mean, seven, as far as seven free throws. Seven but yeah, free throws. So he got to the free throw line four times. Perfect. So essentially, he took almost 10, 11 shots, right? Like mm. that's the thing that. I like to see those are the moments that Jimmy Butler had with uh, 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 Bam out of bio. Those are the moments that uh, Kobe has had to have with his teammates. You need to step up. Those are the moments mm-hmm. D Wade had to have with LeBron. We need you. To, sometimes you need that dude to say, Hey bro, you got to get it together. You got to make that play. Uh, P will of course, starting the month up. We got to highlight this while we can. He's having a great uh, month of January here, averaging 16 points a game. Uh, <laughs> It's only been two games. He's, he's got 10 points in 22. Averaging 16 points a game, shooting 45% from the three-point line. That's actually not, not that far off. Uh, 55% from the field. Shout out to people. But I, I think that uh, if there is some reason to that. I think there is some rhyme to that. I think there's also a little bit, even if the team isn't running it, I think there's a little bit of that from the players as well because we saw him getting the ball in the mid-range a lot more and operating mm-hmm. from there, passing out to a couple of open shooters as well. So I like – uh, the fact that they're trying to make this a focal point. I just want to know if it's believable or not. It sounds great, right? It's a great soundbite. If he doesn't shoot it, he's going to get cussed the F out. If you don't give him the ball to shoot it, 
he can't shoot it for you to cuss him out. My response, if I was the interview and he gave me that quote, would have been, okay, DeMar, does that mean you're going to pass it to him more? And this is why I can't be in front of I can't be in front of players because I I don't play very well. <laughs> I mean, like this is why, I, all this those, is why like, players go at you on Twitter, bro. Like, only one. I mean, is is he is he even really a player? Like, <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> let's not do that. He played in the NBA, made it further it. than, than like, any of if, us ever. If if you tell the average basketball player Jordan Crawford, they're gonna be like, oh, you mean Jamal? Here we go. <laughs> uh, but okay. Anyway, sorry. Let me shut up. Not that guy. That guy sucks. Um. <laughs> oh, that was such a classic moment in locked on history, dog. It definitely was. Oh god. But no, seriously though, and I say that jokingly, but seriously, like, okay, you say that you he need you he needs to shoot it more. Yeah. But you need to empower your players to shoot it more. He's he, he's not your rookie because you weren't here when he was a rookie, but he very much so is under your wing in a lot of ways. Him, Zach, Vooch, they all need to make sure that they get Patrick Williams a little bit more involved. And what I want to see a little bit more than what we've seen this season. We saw a lot of it last season with DeMar and Io, but not as much this season. I would like to see more of after plays, dead ball situations, pulling Patrick Williams to the side and pointing out what he could have did better on some plays. Because we hear Stacey King do it all the t- say it all the time, right? He points out the, the the areas where Patrick Williams, if he would have cut more decisively to the rim with his size and speed, he would have got a wide open lay, right? Yeah. We need to see Patrick Williams start realizing that. And I do think, and we saw it last game, when Patrick Williams does get to touch the ball a little bit more, when he does get to, and I don't mean by that, I don't just mean shooting. I mean, also facilitate some. He's yeah. more engaged defensively. He's more engaged off the ball defensively. Like all those things come come along. It's kind of similar to Vooch. When Vooch, he's a better defensive player when he gets more touches on offense. It's wild, but it's just truthfully what it is. Yeah. So let's start empowering these younger players, him and Io as well. Because I tell you what, Io aggressively pushing the pace is beautiful basketball. He's the only Bulls player that consistently that. follows up his shots as well. <laughs> Dog, he's up. Forget Bulls play. Only play in the NBA. Like, they're not teaching fundamentals like that no more. Right? <laughs> Only play in the NBA. I see. Take a jump shot and take off after that mug. Um, but no, I, I agree with you, right? Like, and here's the thing I, it's about, I like how he's finding his spots. Now I want him to be more aggressive going downhill because what the Bulls are kind of trying to slowly turn him into, it seems like, is a corner three point specialist. Um, because we see him take that th- corner three a mm-hmm. lot. He's taking a lot. He's taking more threes kind of out at the top of the arc, but he is his three point average has gone up every single month. Started the year in October, two threes a game. He's up to three threes a game. He was all up to almost four threes a game in December. At least this month, right? He's taken seven threes in one game. He was two for seven versus Cleveland, and he's taken um four threes in the other. Like he's shooting the three ball. So that's an area where he's trying to find his way into the offense a little bit more. And if he can keep it, I like that, right? I like him. He shoots at a very good percentage for mo- for most of the night. Uh, if he can keep that as something in his arsenal, that's a way for him to find shots because you know what? If you're actually going to operate through the big man down low and you throw it down to him and they collapse in on him, P. Will's a guy that could be a spot-up shooter in the corner for you. You need a spot-up shooter on this team. You don't have enough guys that can knock down the three ball. It's literally Kobe White, Zach Levine, P. Will, honestly. Like, he's, he's what is he? Uh, let me see his percentage from three. He, I think he's shooting a pretty good percentage from P. three. P. Will? 
P. Will is shooting 51%, I think, this season, right? Is he shooting 51% from the three-point line? Hey, get that man more shot. 41, 41, 41. 41. Okay, I was going to okay. say, I was like, oh, we ain't shooting 51% from the free throw or three-point line? Are we not uh, we not getting him more shots, bro? What are we doing? All right, it's 10% is off. That, that, that makes a big difference. Yeah, that's a big difference. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I just think that that's a way for him to engage in his game a little bit more. That's a way for him to find shots a little bit more. And then when you're not doing that, do what you it shouldn't be I see you attacking the rim with Nick Claxon's now. Even if you're right, like I know there's some people are like, he's not a power forward, he's a small forward. Even if you're a small forward, you got to rebound. Yeah. Even if you're a small forward, you got to attack the rim. You got to be able to operate down low, unless you're just a, a, a pure shooter at the small forward position. And then it's a little bit different. And also, I want to see Patrick Williams use more as a role man. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw an interesting stat that I just looked up on. You know, the website that me and you have access to that we not release into the public. You know, we're gonna leave that, leave that a little bit on the low there. Patrick Williams, most of his shots come up from a spot-up shoot shooting, right? Which is cool. That that's where almost 60% of his offense comes. Less than 10% of his offense comes from the pick and roll, and that's him either being the roll guy or the screener. Now, with that being said, when he does uh shoot off being the roll man, he hits it at an 80% clip. But he's only got 15 of those shots all season. I, I think I think again, right? Like that's that the number versus the player, I don't yeah. think add up on that stat, right? Because when he is the role man, he'll get into the middle and operate and pass it because people are collapsing. Well, see, that's the thing. I think you're thinking not at the role man. I think you're thinking pick and pop as a rolling to the basket. He doesn't get a lot of those. Not according to this, at least what I'm looking well, at. I, I think I think the reason is though, when you see it right, he comes off the screen. He gets the ball down low, or he gets the ball cutting to the bucket, and they collapse on him because they know he's a monster down there. Mm -hmm. And he often out to the corner. And I like that he makes the right pass out to the corner. I mean, he to does make to the right out pass. Out to the corner yeah. to Zach Levine, right? I think he does that more often. He feels more comfortable with that. The player that we want to see, though, is the guy that's going to say, you're in front of me, and that's cute. I think that's the next step, right? And, and not that's to fair. say that you're wrong, right? Like, But I think that's more on P. Will in that situation to make the decision to say, this is my ball, I'm going to take this to the rim, versus the Bulls saying, hey, get this out of your hand. Because we do see him get the ball off of the roll, and then he'll kick it out or he'll move the ball away. And and usually to the right play. I'm not I'm not mad at you making the right play. I, I'm never going to be that guy that's like, you suck because you made the right pass unless it's like a game-winning situation and you pass it to a non-shooter. I, I, guess, I guess that's why I'll have a little more smoke, but I, I like the I like the stat. I think that tells me though that Patrick Williams needs to be, be more, more confident on those. Yeah, be more confident. That's fair. Because when you get down there, you make plays. Yeah, yeah. Get into I'd the bet team on to it, that man. defense. I, I I'd bet on it. I I I don't bet though. Uh, but if I did bet, I would bet on it. Over on Bet Online that he would shoot. Above 80% on that shot there. Uh, Bet Online, by the way, is your number one source for all of your sports betting info. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup. They've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those over at BetOnline as well. Uh, they're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. Hey, BetOnline. That's where the game starts. There you go. You got it. Oh, whoa. Switch the sound. I almost played a sound that 
nobody wanted to hear. Uh, with that being said, get on that board, my boy. <laughs> hey, on. bro, I got some sound effects on this board. I'm literally waiting for you to say the wrong thing, and it's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be fun. What's happening, bro? <laughs> oh, don't worry, I'm just producing, bro. That's all. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. Don't even worry about that. <laughs> so, you to say the wrong thing. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have not that it's bad. Have you started analysis on Grady Dick? <laughs> That's funny, bro. If the Bulls draft him, bro, like, they, like, I, oh, you know I'm gonna have a field day on the Bulls live calls, bro. You know I am absolutely going to have the greatest day in the world on the live calls. Bro. The hammer that got to be his nickname, right? <laughs> he brings the total package. Oh, man. Outside of that, though, Bulls are 6-4 and four in their last 10, and they have a positive point differential of 5.4. Yep. Which, considering the big games they've given up recently, that's wild, bro. That is yep. wild in their last 10. Now, what does that say to you as far as the Bulls turning the corner? It, it tells me this, right? Because I, situation makes us feel a lot worse about this team. But there's two things that Bulls fans now have confirmed for them. There were two opportunities. I I, I don't want to say that they're guarantees, but opportunities. Uh, no, I, I guess I, I can't say the one is a guarantee. The Bulls would have had the ball four seconds left. We'd have gone up three in that second Cleveland game. Maybe mm -hmm. at a minimum, three or yeah. four in that second Cleveland game at a minimum probably. Um, I think you're in a better position to win that game. The game before that, DeMar gets to the free throw line. He's been very clutch in those moments. I think you're in a better position to win that game. You could be talking about this Bulls team being 8-2 and two over the last 10. Now, if it was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. But I think you have to look at that and say, you feel a lot better about this Bulls team when you think about the fact that you've beaten Brooklyn now. You've beaten Milwaukee. You had an opportunity to beat Cleveland twice that you feel like was taken away from you. Um, but all you can do is give yourself the opportunity in situations like that. And... Now you're moving forward. Now you're you're going up against these teams that are still very competitive, our top of the East that the Bulls like to get up and play against. And you're starting to see, as me and you have talked about on here, an offense that looks more like an offense that's actually going to work for this team to, to feel better. I'm not saying I think they're going to all of a sudden Boston Celtics this thing and turn it around, but I feel like they're actually addressing some of the issues that everybody in Bulls Nation has brought up outside of the people that are just like, blow everything up. This team's trash. Destroy the city. You know, like like yeah. everybody in here be sounding like Batman villains when it be coming to the, uh, <laughs> to the Bulls team. It's just like, blow it up and then steal a player from another team. Like, oh, okay. Um, but I, I think in, in this situation for the Chicago Bulls, if they're going to be successful moving forward, we're finally seeing something that they can fall back on to be successful at. It's not just, hey, we've got Zach, we've got DeMar, we've got Vooch, they should be better. And that does make me feel a little bit better about this team. Now, granted, you got to show me. At mm -hmm. the end of the day, I'm, I'm sticking by it. Until they're, when they're five games above 500, I'll be 110% back in. But right now, you got me about 60% in. I mean, and, and I agree with you, and I completely understand where you're coming from there. And to me, I, I just want to see the team – play a better brand of basketball more consistently. I need to see how they deal with adversity and if they eventually stop going back to the heavy isolation when they do face that adversity. Those yeah. are the things that I, I want to see before I like completely buy in. The wins, I think, will come. If they do those things, the wins will eventually come. It's been proven. 
Yeah. And they need to do those consistently to get there. And hopefully they do. Like, at the end of the day, it's like we know that this team has talent on it, right? Yep. I don't think anybody has questioned that this team, oh, this team has no talent. No, it's just that how does the talent fit together? Does the talent actually stand up and play defense? Does the talent take the moment seriously? That's what we need to see from this team. And I'll tell you what, though. I like the way Zach Levine's been playing. I know everybody who only box score watches going to believe Zach only scored 13 in the last game. Zach, Zach but he played really a smart game. game of basketball. Yeah, he did. And it, it, hearing the second segment feels like, oh, that Great makes sense point. for how Zach Levine played. Great point. It really Great does. Point. Like, I saw Zach Levine forcing the ball to P. Will. Like, I think P. Will got the ball in the middle. He passed it to Zach. Zach pumped fake drove, passed it right back to P. And P. Will. gave it right back to him. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think here's the thing. Zach, we know that Zach Levine's a guy that's willing to allow the team to step up, I think mostly because he's never had a team that's been able to step up around him. Mm-hmm. Um, the the biggest key to me for the Chicago Bulls to have that continued success and keep building on what they're seeing here is, like you said about the offense, how is that continuity going to affect everybody? How is DeMar DeRozan going to deal with getting less shots? Because I will say this. I'm fine with you having those ISO moments. I've said that on many occasions. You have to know when to have those ISO moments. There was a moment in that game. I believe it was in the fourth quarter. I think there was about two-something left. And ball came into Zach. Zach gave the ball to DeMar. Zach had a mismatch and clapped and opened his hands to get the ball back. And DeMar went to work. So knowing when to have that assassin mentality, knowing when to go at the guy in front of you so that it doesn't – and you saw it. He went to work, got a bucket. Yeah. Stacey King, oh, DeMar DeRozan doing the, loving it. Everybody, and I'm like, I saw the body language of the team shift. Mm-hmm. Comes down the next time. They get move the ball around. Ball ends up in DeMar's hands. He's going to work. He's got a, a Claxton on him. Spin move, turn around, pull up. Got it. Boom, tough shot. Everybody's losing their mind Chicago. The entire team didn't move. So it's about knowing those moments, knowing when to pick those moments, knowing when to attack. I think that that's, that's a final step that the Bulls are going to need if they're going to be successful um, in the long term, on the in the long run with this team. Mm-hmm. But I think they're also recognizing that hey, there is going to come a moment where maybe if we want to go this direction, Demar Derozan isn't going to be here. We need to start making things happen for the guys that are going to be here, and I think Zach Levine at a minimum kind of realizes that, and that's why you see him passing the ball, passing the ball to Io in big moments, passing the ball to P. Will in big moments, trusting his teammates. Yeah, and I mean, to Zach's Zach's defense as well, like he spent a lot of time on this team with teammates that, frankly, sucked. So, and And now you have better teammates. Empower those teammates. (laughs) We drafted Paul Zipser. You know what I mean? Bro. He's still like 26. Bro, do you remember, though, when Paul Zipser, like he had a couple of, was it like a three-game stretch randomly at one point? Paul Zipser had a three-game stretch where he was cooking. I'm not going to lie to you, dog. It was like, I don't even know if it was three games. Maybe it was one, maybe it was three quarters, and it felt like three games because we never saw him cook. But legit, bro, he had a game where we was just like, hey, this man got, he's showing me something that I ain't know he had in him. Let's see if we can develop this. And then like, he instantly fell off a cliff and was like, Oh, it was, it was, it was, it was, what's what's crazy is that it feels like we're so far removed from the Paul Zipser. He was here like three years ago. We drafted him in 2016. He's only 28 years old. I told you dog. He's young. It's crazy, bro. And he was here for like four years. Wasn't he? No, he only played in Chicago two years. 
It just, it just, yeah, that was such a long time in Bulls history, bro, that it just, it just feels like Fred. Hey, that's why Fred got fired, bro. I ain't gonna lie. To you. <laughs> we can play the guard all we want. But it, let's not act like guard wasn't talking to the coach at all, bro. That Fred Hoiberg walked in that room and was like, hey, this Zipster guy, he got it. <laughs> Take your butt back to Indiana, dog. We don't <laughs> That is hilarious, bro. That's crazy. Bad times, bro. Bad times. It was yeah, March hey. 2017 where he went on that three. It was in March. <laughs> hey, here's the thing. I feel like we need to, to make Bulls fans feel better at the end of the pot. We need to just remind them of, of one player from all the bad years of Felicio Bulls. and Zipser. <laughs> they, they perfect players to use no, just, in those situations. A different one each time. Just be like, hey, bro, remember when Marcus Teague like, threw the ball off of somebody's <laughs> kneecap on his own team and it went out of bounds in a game winning situation. I oh my God, bro. Just to make bro. Bulls fans feel a little bit better, bro. Because right now, man, I know, Marcus I know it's dark times Teague. right now. I know it's dark times right now in Chicago. I know there's a lot of let's blow this thing up. I'm gonna tell you this right now. I do believe that there's probably going to be some changes that need to happen to this team. I don't know if it needs to be get rid of everybody, but I do think there are some changes that need to happen to this team. Uh, continuity has not worked to this point. But don't be surprised if you see a team that maybe doesn't fly up the standings but turns the quarter slightly. I, I think that that's a real possibility for this. Marcus point. Teague is only 29 years old. Hey, bro, yeah, we we don't keep mugs past their first contract, bro. Marcus <laughs> Teague played, yeah, Marcus Teague played a uh, – he was a cheerleader for the Brooklyn Nets for, I believe, a year and a half, right? Something like that. He played one season in Brooklyn and one in Memphis. Last time he played is 2017-18 season. Hey, I'm glad he gave that up. That's wild, bro. Hey, hey, he looked like Jeff Teague at the end of his career at the beginning of his. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's tough. That's tough. All right, man. That's it. PTSD aside, you finna send me down a rabbit hole, bro. I can't I can't do this, bro. It's the Cheer Bulls Nation up, man. We don't have that no more. And we just beat the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, follow us on everything at Locked On Bulls, man. Appreciate you guys for showing so much support over on the Twitter side. Uh, and follow me on everything at Path the Designer. Also appreciate you guys for showing love on the Twitter side, man, because y'all be tweeting the mess out of me. Yeah, you've been killing it with the tweeter. With the, tw- the tweeter. Oh, r- relax there, Jesus, Boomer. That was an old moment. Look at the Twitter. <laughs> relax uh, there, Boomer. That's hilarious. All right, moving on. You can follow me at CEO Hayes, the CEO H A I Z E. And thank you for making Locked On Bulls your first listen today. Now, for your second listen, make uh, go and check out Game to Game. Uh, every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. For Path of Designer, I'm Hayes. This is Locked On Bulls. Peace, y'all. Peace. Yeah.